In the end, that is the end of time, God will handle all injustice done to man, no matter what it is, who it is, where it is, or what time it is. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Rod Hempert. I'm Janice. And this is Bible Discovery TV. We take you through the Bible from Genesis 1 to Revelation 22. We do that every year. And we're getting ready to go into Revelation very soon. But I want to encourage you to get your Bible guide because we're talking about 2 Thessalonians chapter 1. This is a good one today. So make sure you stay there. Corey? Today, Mom and I are going to be discussing with each other some key elements that uh, the Apostle Paul really draws out for the Thessalonians. Ryan? I've got an important question for us today, and it's this. Is the God of the Bible truly a lover of souls, or does he desire to send people to hell? Wow, take your Bible guide and turn to it in the page here because uh, this is really, really interesting. All right, let's go. Second Thessalonians 1, 1 through 12. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy. To the Church of the Thessalonians in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other, so that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is manifest evidence of the righteous judgment of God, that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer, since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with tribulation to those who trouble you and to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power when he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all the good pleasure of His goodness and the work of faith with power, that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 1 through 12. 2 Thessalonians 1 to 3. This is Paul's second letter to the church at Thessalonica, and it is very interesting. You see, just as we are today, the church of Thessalonica was called to live in faithfulness to God. Now, we're called to live in faithfulness to God when we come to Jesus Christ. You see, their unique calling in Thessalonica was being made difficult through persecution. 
as is ours today. And it was being threatened by strange teaching, as is ours today. Like the church in Philippi, Christians in Thessalonica were being tempted to move off the path of faith in Christ. And when we don't understand or remember the basis for our faith, the principal realities of Christ, we fall on our face flat. Now, in 2 Thessalonians, we have Paul's second letter to designate and to confront the lies of the truth. Paul encourages them by reminding them about the time of the end. First in chapter one, he says this, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed in heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. Now that's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Then again in chapter 2, he says this, Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first, and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition or punishment. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 3. Now this is fascinating. I'm telling you, what we're going to study today is absolutely amazing. God's timing. Timing is everything. If our timing's off, then our teaching's off. But if our timing's on, it's according to the word of God, the Bible. And we need to get ourselves aligned with the Bible. That's very important. And so take your Bible guide and turn to today's passage of 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 as we study this, because we're going to focus on these 12 verses, and this is very important. And if you don't have a Bible guide, why not? Write to us or call us or go to Bible Discovery TV and click on the Bible guide, and you yourself can get a hold of one. Father, today as we look at the second epistle of Paul, Thessalonians, and he talks to the church, he's talking to us. Help us to hear by the power of your Holy Spirit, the word of God, and help us to understand what you've said, because this is so important, Lord, and this is what we pray. Help us to hear that and not apply our ideas into it, but take its ideas and change our hearts. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Now let's look at verses one through six. This is important. Let's going to read this slow. This is important. Here we go. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy... To the church of Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly and the love of every one of you all abounds towards each other. The love of every one of you abounds towards each other. Oh my goodness, I wish we could say that today. So that we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure, which is made known evidence of the rightness of judgment of God that you may be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you also suffer. 
since it is a righteous thing with God to repay with, tri- or repay with tribulation those who trouble you. Do you understand what he's saying here? In the end of time, God will handle all the injustice done to his people. All the injustice done to his people. Now listen to me carefully. We will not gain true justice here and now. It will come from the Lord Jesus Christ at the end of time. Every single thing that's done to Christians, every violent attack, everything that's done to persecute them, that will be accounted for by the Lord Jesus Christ. He's watching and he's looking and he's seeing. And let me tell you something. I do not want to be doing anything bad to people because let me tell you what the Lord, well, you can read about it in Revelation chapter 19 in the Bible. I don't want to be judged by this word. I want to be, I want to live the life of Christ. That's what I want. Now let's go to seven and 10. Second Thessalonians seven and 10. And to give you who are troubled rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. These shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. When he comes in that day to be glorified in his saints and to be admired among all of those who believe because our testimony among you was believed. Which brings me to the second point. Those who do not believe or obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ will be judged by God. We must live to please God, not man. I can't think of anything more unpopular than what I just said. Because everybody today on social media and on the internet, they're living to please man. But let me tell you something. When we live to please God, there is a higher order. There is a higher calling. There is a higher justice. God says we need to, it's all in the Old Testament. God says we need to prove righteousness and justice by distributing it. Very interesting. Verses 11 and 12, watch this. Therefore, we also pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling and fulfill all of the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power that the name of our Lord Jesus Christ may be glorified in you and you in him according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Which brings me to the third point. God's grace keeps us consistent in our faith. God's grace keeps us consistent in our faith. We will grow in grace of the Lord as we faithfully commit to following him daily. Now, let me ask you a question. Have you read the Bible today? It's a good question. Hopefully you have. And I encourage you in the name of Jesus Christ, read the Bible today. Just read a little bit of it. Read the Bible. Now, we'll help you go through the Bible if you write for your Bible guide. But I want to tell you something. If we read the Bible and digest it and pray, talk to God, 
then he will speak to us through his Bible. That's how we communicate with the Lord, by reading the Bible, listening to him, and praying. This character of King Saul, this historical figure. Now, I think it's probably fair to say that most of us when we think of King Saul, we think of the bad guy foil to King David. But an entire book of the Bible is also dedicated to mostly his reign. Of course, that's 1 Samuel. So I'm really excited to jump into it today and see what we can learn about Saul. Hi, Rod Hembry. We go through the Bible in one year. It's exciting. It's great. And you can join us by searching Bible Discovery TV on your phone. That's right, on your phone, your iPhone or your Android phone. And when you do so, you'll find the app. You can download the app and watch it anytime you want. Never miss a program right here on Bible Discovery TV. We'll see you there. A lie is when somebody tells you, I know how you'll be happy. You buy this hairspray and you're going to be happy. You smell like this flower, you're going to be happy. You take this drug, you're going to be happy. You buy this car, you're going to be happy. See, it all tells me I'm going to be happy. No, I'm not. That's not how this works. The truth is that I am not happy until I find the purpose of why I exist. My purpose for living. Well, today we read 2 Thessalonians chapters 1 through 3, and Paul warns the Thessalonians in chapter 2 that whoever rejects God will be condemned to hell. And there are a lot of other biblical passages that teach the same thing. Proverbs 16.4 even goes so far as to say that the Lord has made all for himself, yes, even the wicked, for the day of doom. And a lot of people are offended by this and even think that this is inconsistent with God's loving and merciful nature because it seems that God wants and desires and is even predestined to send people to hell. So the question arises, does God want to send people to hell? And if so, then how could he be called loving and merciful? Let's study. Although both Peter and Paul portray God as loving and merciful, not willing that any should perish, and desiring all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth, other passages seem to contradict this tender image of the Almighty. John 12:40 says, for example, that God has blinded some people's eyes and hardened their hearts, lest they should see with their eyes, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. And Paul reaffirms this in Romans 9.18, when he says, Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and whom he wills he hardens. Paul also declares in 2 Thessalonians 2.11 and 12, that God will send them strong delusion, that they should believe the lie, and that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. And Proverbs 16.4 says, that the Lord has made all for himself, 
yes, even the wicked for the day of doom. To some, the portrayal of God in these passages seems completely contradictory. For how could a loving and merciful God purpose and desire that anyone go to hell? First of all, as God himself affirms through Ezekiel, he takes no pleasure in the destruction of the wicked and wants them to turn to him, because he is a God of mercy and love. Unfortunately, many abuse and misuse God's love and mercy as a license to sin, forgetting that he is also a God of righteousness and justice. He is the lawgiver and judge of all the earth, and thus must, and in a sense wants, to carry out the sentence, though he takes no delight in doing so. Just as a righteous judge does not enjoy sentencing a serial murderer to death, he wants it because it is the right penalty, accomplishes justice, especially for the families of the victims, and protects the innocent from any further violence. The judge does not approve of the murderer's actions, and he may not enjoy the sentencing, but he does plan to sentence the guilty man because it is the right thing to do. According to the Bible, we are all guilty. We have all fallen short of the glory of God and thus are all doomed for destruction, because the wages of sin is death. Fortunately, however, God is not only a righteous and just lawgiver and judge, but also our loving and merciful Savior and Deliverer. Indeed, he himself stepped into history in the person of Jesus Christ, lived a sinless life, and by way of the cross, paid in full the wages of sin for every human being. In this way, he is able to offer the free gift of salvation for all. When we accept that gift, Christ's righteousness is imputed onto our unrighteousness, and our record becomes freed and clear in the eyes of the righteous judge. Clearly, God is a lover of souls and doesn't want anyone to go to hell. However, in his sovereignty, he knows that many in their hard-heartedness will willfully and stubbornly refuse his generous gift, and thus can rightly declare that the Lord has made all for himself, yes, even the wicked, for the day of doom. So in dealing with this issue, it's important to remember that God is both judge and deliverer. Yes, he is righteous and just and cannot tolerate sin, but he's also loving and merciful, which is why he sent Jesus to pay for our sin. Think about it this way. Imagine that you're in a courtroom and you're being sentenced by the judge for crimes that you've committed, and the sentence is nothing short of death. But as you're being sentenced, someone comes in and pays your fine and clears your record, and the judge is able to legally let you go. That's exactly what Jesus does for us. Or to put it a different way, imagine upon your death that God is going to put in a videotape of your life and judge you based upon that. But what Jesus does is say, no father, don't play his tape, play mine instead. So Jesus's righteous and perfect life is what God judges you on rather than your own life. This is what Jesus has done for each and every one of us, but it's up to us to accept that free gift. We have to say yes to Jesus. The question I have is, will you do that today if you haven't? Don't wait, because none of us are guaranteed the next breath. Ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart. That's very, very important. Uh, thank you, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Okay, tell us about your DVD. Yeah, so this is called A World by Design, and it's the third installment. And what these are are uh, a set of interviews that I've done. Uh, there was a creation conference that we went to recently put on by Creation Ministries International, and I was given the privilege to interview these guys. And so uh, this is the biggest set that I've ever done on this. This is uh, eight interviews, and uh, some of them are, are up to an hour long. And we talk about things, I talked to uh, Gary Bates, who talks about UFOs and aliens. 
uh, a guy named by the name of Spike Pissaris, who, who uh, formerly worked with NASA. He talks about uh, all sorts of different things related to astronomy. And I talked to uh, Dr. Don Batten, Dr. Robert Carter, uh, Professor Steve Taylor, Dr. Mason, and other guys as well. So really, really excited about this. And it's going to be available a little bit later on this month. So yeah. keep your eyes out for that. I went to that with you and I was there and it was absolutely stunning. Mm. It was fresh material. Good stuff. Corey. All right. Well, Mom, I, Mom mm -hmm. you and I were talking. Yes before the program started, before we started taping, about some of the principles that, and aspects mm -hmm. of our walk with Christ that the Apostle Paul was drawing out. And you pointed yes. to a specific verse in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 1 verse 3, we are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is fitting, because your faith grows exceedingly, and the love of every one of you all abounds toward each other. Mm. So I, in there, I felt as a church and as individuals, we should never stop growing in our love and our faith in God. And when we mm -hmm. do that, it expresses itself through to love for others as well. Mm -hmm. And I think this is particularly interesting in 2 Thessalonians that Paul is saying that that they're thanking God because the Thessalonians' faith is growing abundantly and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing because they're under such harsh persecution. Yes. We know in 2 Thessalonians yep. and we know in 1 Thessalonians that they're under intense persecution. And, and um, you know, it it made me remember though, because he's 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 encouraging them that he's heard of their faith and exactly. he's heard of their great yes. love. And it reminded me at the end of 1 Thessalonians 5. So at the end of his first letter to the Thessalonians, uh, he's talking about them being worried about, um, you know, the return of Christ and, and all of the, the persecutions that they're experiencing and the, uh, from people who don't believe and everything like that. And, Paul encourages them in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 8. He says, but since we belong to the day, it's like the light mm -hmm. of Christ, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. So these very things that he's encouraged them in, now he's writing back to them and going, you're doing it. You're yes. doing it. And, and it made me think, you know, um, we don't often think about faith and love and hope as defensive, right? But they mm -hmm. really are. When you think of faith being trust in God and love of God and neighbor, and neighbor. Christian yes. brother and sister, this goes a really long way in helping you deal with anything that you could be going with. Because no matter what happens, you're trusting that God has overseen it and yes. that he's going to get you through it. And then it's going to be okay in the end. You're trusting in that salvation of faith. And the same with if someone is persecuting it, or if there's an issue with your brother and your, your brother, or your sister, and you're fighting it out, right? Because love, what does, what does Peter say? In, in 1 Peter 4, verse 8, he says, Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Right? So these are, these are defensive for us. They protect our life. They protect us. And same with hope. Right? We know this yes. when we have hope in the return of Christ, in resurrection from the dead, in being with God in eternity, this goes a very long way, doesn't it? It certainly does. In helping us with life issues. With it, it truly does. And, and it just, it, it grows us in our faith. It helps us mm -hmm. with our daily walk with God and it helps yes. us to be encouraging to other people Absolutely. as well. 
Absolutely. Right? Encouraging them, reminding them that we have great hope. You know, um, I was talking to someone else, uh, someone a few weeks ago, and I had the amazing privilege to be able to encourage her in hope mm-hmm. of the goodness of God, not only here, but also in the next world to come because she was so worried about everything that was going on in the world. And I understand, right? I have young kids. She had young kids. It was such, such an encouragement to me to be able to remind her of our hope. And it's so cool to, to be able to see when you're able to do that to someone, to be able to see then that hope being reignited in them. I don't know if you've ever had that experience, uh, but it's very cool. It's very cool to be able to encourage each other in hope and in faith and in love. I think it's important to pray right now for the people who need that step of encouragement. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you know who is watching exactly on the internet, on the Roku, on television, on the phone. Touch them, Lord. They need your help today. So this has been a great uh, discussion about it, but help them, Lord, to understand who you are. And Father, teach them that you are our home, that our passports are registered with heaven. Well, I'm going to remind you again, this whole month I'm going to do it, but remember that the Bible guide is a way for you to go through the Bible. I encourage you to read the Bible. God is speaking to us and we need to listen to him, if ever, more now than ever before. So read the word of God. God's talking. Father, we pray today that you would help us to continue to grow stronger in our faith. As we read the Bible, as we pray to you, Show us your paths and teach us your ways. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.